the fourth episode of season three of the Warning Track podcast live, or I guess on tape delay, coming to you from the basement of Holden Hall, the Impact Studios, as as they are weekly. Kyle Turk here alongside Noah Goad. And uh, temporary stand-in Ryan Rabinowitz, uh, Tino Barca will be with us shortly, but Ryan was also with Tino over in Ann Arbor just a day ago. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Noah, how are you? I'm doing well. Can't complain. Ryan, your 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 thoughts and opinions? I think this is your first time on air in, in any sort of uh, impact capacity. This is in any impact or outside impact capacity, my first time on the airwaves. So it is great to be here. Kyle, thank you for the opportunity. Oh, well, jeez, <laughs> when... When you get such a glowing review, that's 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 uh just warms your heart. Uh, something that maybe will not warm our hearts has been Michigan State baseball's play over the last week. I'd say, yeah, we'll go with week, folks. It's not it's not looking pretty. Nope. I I I laugh when I say this. It is it is not looking pretty. We talked about Niagara last week. We said, all right, Central Michigan didn't even talk about Central Michigan for a good five minutes. Uh, long story short, folks, the Michigan State baseball is now six and sixteen on the year, four straight losses, now five technically when you count in the uh, the end of that Niagara series. Lost to Central Michigan three to one in the middle of the week in East Lansing. Lost both games in Ann Arbor by almost well, I would combine twenty runs, and then lost at home uh, in a nail biter three to one there. I I I don't know where to begin. It is, it is sickening to uh, to see Michigan State baseball in in the precarious position they are in right now. I don't know. Am I am I using a little bit too much hyperbole there? Is is it, does it seem as though I mean, am I maybe getting a little bit too emotional about 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 the state of this team as we as we talk right now? No, they're in they're in a in a scary spot right now. <laughs> all all together, I, I don't, I don't, all around. I, I don't know if we're if we should you know call this call this team dead in the water. You know, you know, it's, it I mean, is. I mean, Sunday, Sunday, dead in the water would be a pretty great way to describe their play. You were there, you were there Sunday. I know you have to go, so we'll, we'll get right into it. We'll, we'll start off with Sunday, which was uh, maybe, maybe the worst performance of the whole, of the whole week. And an 11 nothing rubbing at the <laughs> hands of the Wolverines. Uh, start to finish, not a good afternoon for, for the Spartans. Mason Erla starting for Michigan State yep. that day, so. Uh, a guy that Jake Boss has definitely leaned on for most of this year goes out and gets shelled. Uh, Michigan eleven, Michigan State nothing. What, what happened? Well, um, yeah, I mean, you said Mason Erla started the game, and that's someone who I was excited to see. He came in three and zero with a two fifteen ERA, and so I mean, right off the bat, uh, he got kind of jumped on in the first inning. The first inning, actually, in the top of the first when when MSU was up, uh, uh, first runner or. They had Zach Iverson let off the game, his second leadoff appearance for the Spartans this year. Um, on the on the second batter of the game, uh, Chad Roscoe got hit with a pitch in the arm and uh, ended up being called back because he didn't get out of the way. So we ended up asking uh, Coach Boss about that after the game. But, yeah, I mean, the bats the bats weren't alive for the Spartans until, until the middle innings, and uh, the Wolverines jumped on Erla pretty quickly. He finished uh, f- five innings, six runs, ten hits uh, in his four strikeouts. But... For me, the big thing was just, I think, the lack of energy that the Spartans had. I mean, uh, you look at the Wolverines, and I mean, these guys are on, they're on top of the fence. They're screaming, they're hooting and hollering. Uh, between innings, they're running out to the outfield and they're stretching. And it just seemed like there, there wasn't much intensity or, uh, or really energy on the Spartan side. And, and Tino actually asked Jake Boss about, about that after the game. And, uh, and he said that he was actually pretty happy with the way that people were responding in the dugout, and he don't he doesn't think that was an issue. But I mean, yeah, there's just you know little little things defensively uh, in the early innings. There was a ball hit to left field that um, that got passed on an error, and then the runs just kept coming around, and and the bats weren't there. And obviously, if you don't score runs, you can't win games. So it was it was a tough watch for sure. Oh, just look look who walks in the door right now. Just the man we wanted to see. Uh, Tino Abarca, uh, we we have him sitting at the mic now, and I, I don't think that this this works quite well. Tino, let's just let's just test out the mic real quick. Let me just get a, a little one two in here. It's not on, not so on. uh, we'll have to we'll have to work through our technical difficulties here. But uh, Ryan, any any kind of quick takeaways from you uh, on on 
anything else on Sunday that we might have missed? I mean, we'll, I guess we'll get into the whole energy thing a little bit more uh, in, in just a little bit with Tino. But uh, any any final takeaways as we get you out of your little cameo segment here? Um, just for me, I just think again. I mean, I I mentioned energy, and I know I'm sure Tino will hit on it because he he has coach boss, like we said. But it just seems like I mean, it's obviously it's very tough to come off a losing streak like they've been they've been consi- consistently losing. I mean, the six and te- six and sixteen record does not look good. But I think you know, just from the from the dugout out to the field, I mean, the bats the bats aren't alive, and it's hard to they just couldn't string hits together on Sunday. And I know that's been a problem for them all season so far. And I think that. If they can get the bats consistent and we can get base runners on and they can they can move people around on the bases and get some kind of continuity when it comes to the batting order, I mean I think that's gonna gonna improve the in the mood and obviously you need to score runs to win games. So Sunday was tough. I think moving forward they got a couple games coming up against Western Michigan who hopefully they can get back to their winning ways. But yeah. Ryan Rabinowitz with his 60 Seconds of Fame on the Warning Track podcast. A brief uh brief interlude and then we'll get to Tino Barker here. Thank you. Yeah, so that was that was Ryan Rabinowitz. Now now back with our, our usual trio of uh, warning track co-hosts. The the subject at hand though is this team has lost five straight now, and they're six and sixteen. And Noah and I are kind of we're kind of wishy-washy on whether or not we should just proclaim the season over. And <laughs> it is it's it's looking rough right now. I don't I don't know where I don't know where we go with this today because this is a team that is as Ryan said, lacks energy right now. A team that does not look like it wants to come to the ballpark and play, but they still have most of their season left. So so what do you what do you do? Well the lack of energy is, is there for sure. Um what do you do? If you're boss, you you look at this season, you look at the rest of the season, you kinda you kinda you look at the guys, look at the players and you, you look you know, as players you look at each other and he, he even said it. There's no attitude problems. There's no. There's nothing going on, you know, behind the scenes. There isn't any drama. So you just keep going out there, keep playing baseball. I mean, that's that's what he said at the end of uh, Sunday's game. You know, they just want to win for Michigan State, Michigan State, and that's what you have to do. Quote: This is a great group of kids. It's not for a lack of trying by any means. The attitude has been great in the dugout. I do think it's a confident group, but we need to guard against now that we've been struggling for the last week, week and a half. We just need somebody to get us that big knock where everyone can take a deep breath, and then it happens. I'll say it before and I'll say it again. I'll go compete with these guys anytime and anywhere. It's a great group of kids. Yada yada. You get the point. At the same time, you lost to Niagara. You lost to. Well, you took to a four from Niagara, but. In in reality, that's I think that weekend has got to be seen as a loss. You lose to Central, a team that lost thirteen of its last what sixteen coming in, or was it twelve of the last thirteen, whatever coming in. It's it's some of these results are just inexcusable, and then you don't even and then you get blown out twice on the road. I I don't know where I don't know where they go from here. Well, you just gotta like just keep fighting. I mean, it, there's no I mean, there's no giving it's, up. It's so there's easy no... to get cliched about it. I no, know, but for sure. Like... And that's I mean, when when talking to Coach Boss after Sunday's game and after a lot of these games, really, and it's... you were you were you were in person for all three of these games. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like you know, frustrating is you know it's setting in. It, I mean, you see Boss arguing these, you know, it seems like petty calls and petty you know petty stuff, but that's the kind of things that that happens in a frustrating season, you know, things just get to you a lot quicker, but you know, like you said about cliche, that's really all you can, all you can get. I mean, there's, he's not going to throw his guys under the bus, you know, and, and he, like he even said, there's, there's really nothing to say. I mean, these guys are a good group of guys, no attitude problems. So, I mean, just but, but cliche does, is all but, you can but does go that, right but does now. That, does that only go too far where you're like, yeah, they're a great group of guys, but we need guys who who are winners. We need guys who will, who will put their hand in the dirt and say, "All right, enough of this BS, losing three or four games in a row. Let's try and let's go out there and let's let's hit the ball around and, and win games." You yeah, know? I mean, yeah, I he 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 claims it's their their confident group, but I don't think they're they're, they're still, playing. They're with still kind of young. They're like it's like a weird mix of old and young, and there's no. It's not like a young team. It's not an old team. Yeah, it's very mixed, and the older guys. It's funny because the older guys aren't performing, and you would think 
you know, some of these younger guys are bringing the team down. They're not performing, whatever. They're nervous. They're they're new. But it's really the young guys that are carrying this team. And 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 if it wasn't for some of these freshmen, I, I don't even know if they'd have six wins. But I mean, going back to that, it's like they you can have as good a group of guys as you want, but where where does it come into? Shoot, I don't care. I don't care if they're a holes. Let's just get wins. Let let's not be six and sixteen. Let's push it back. Let's let's give ourselves a, a chance to go into Big Ten play, and and maybe make the tournament. Because right now, this still does not look like a team that's going to make the tournament again. No, I guess the saving grace is that they've only had three games. I mean, it was and that's and they lost those three to a pretty good Michigan team. But no, you bring up a good point about you know when it's almost when is enough enough, and I would say. If I was boss, enough is enough is enough. I would start sitting some of these older guys. I would start kind of sending a sending a true message, you know. Despite no attitude problems, despite all that, send a message. You're coach. You're the coach. You've led this program for for a long time. It's things are getting frustrating. Send a message. Send a message that you're not happy. Do we explore it now or explore it later? I guess it's probably one of those things where we have to wait and see. Like, where does the job security of boss come into play? Because we we did we received one fan interference question last week from uh, our good buddy Zach Van Newland, uh, former Impactor, about uh, you know this team has had a bad start. Do they look at firing Boss at the end of the season? I I guess it's a take that has some merit, but the thing is, your AD is a mystery at this point. Uh, I think they're gonna wait till they get an AD hired to actually look at you know jobs and job security uh now that is a, now that the basketball team's out of the uh, postseason it might be you know i don't know what the timeline is but it's gonna happen eventually you know his his dad jake boss senior led this program for a while and now his son jake boss jr is leading this program how loyal can you get you know we see some some of these things in athletics where you know their their family it's a long lineage you know it's a long history of the family. I mean, to take a look at the basketball program, there's been two guys there since since the seventies. It's been it's been it's been Judd and then it's been Izzo, and that's been since the seventies. It's been since before Magic. So I mean, it's not unheard of at least here for. I mean, maybe if you think about it, maybe the football team's the one that's had the most kind of movement in terms of hiring and firing. But I mean, this is, this could be a situation where they just let it ride out with Boss for as long as they want and let the tr- chips fall where they may. I'm I'm gonna bring it back to to the energy aspect in that I I I want to compare it to Izzo too because I think they're both kind of the old school style coaching to where to where I guess I guess they want their people they want their players to be I guess kind of more tamed instead of that and I think that tamed, look at, what do you, what do you mean like do you mean you're you're gonna let them police themselves almost. I mean, not not not. I guess I don't know if Tane was the right word for it, but but like they definitely run their 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 clubhouses with with. I guess they're the authoritative figure, and they kind of want they don't want people getting too rowdy on the on on the field. And I think that you know, looking at the Michigan team, they had energy throughout the whole game. I think you know, they had a first inning home run, and the entire the entire dugout went went out on the field and and mobbed. Home and even on a between first inning home and, run. and between innings too, they go out there, yeah. they stretch, they do a little bit. You know, it's it's fun, exciting, entertaining things. I think, that I think you that's don't something to, that we've I've picked up on Michigan has done for a while. You don't need to win to have fun. You don't need to win to you know even put a, a kind of a, a fake face on. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but I think winning comes easier when you're having fun. I mean, it's it's a lot harder when you're when you're going out there and you're frustrated the whole time to to go out there and play with your with you know, with your heart, and, you know, I think that's that's showing with MSU right now. The thing is about college coaching, though, is it's so different than in the pros where you know a coach is on its, his last legs, per se, when he's quote-unquote lost the locker room. Man, I'm, I keep saying quote-unquote. I think that's going to be my go-to saying in these in these shows. When he's lost the locker room, when he's that's lost the support of the players. The title for the show. Might be. But... I mean that that's one side of it, but in college it's so different because there's new guys every four years, and you can't really judge it. I I just don't really know how college baseball coaching works enough to where you say oh, this guy hasn't been getting it done. Well, you got to look at the circumstances surrounding that, this and that, the other. 
I I don't know where you, where we can like go and call for his job yet. And it doesn't take a baseball genius to know that this team hasn't been a landmark program in in recent years, and really, a lot of Big Ten schools haven't been. So that's kind of his his saving grace. But at the same time, you you know, 2011 is the last time they won a Big Ten title, and that was shared. It's been Lo- way longer than that since they've won but, a Big but Ten are, title outright. Are, are, I mean, the success isn't there. Is the focus from the athletic department on winning baseball titles, though? I think I think the Shouldn't athletic it be? It, the, well, in theory, it should be win everything, but expend a lot of resource on everything that's not. Michigan State's one of the few athletic departments that baseball or basketball and football kind of covers the rest. They're one of those. They're one of these athletic programs that makes money, so. You wonder some of that trickles down into baseball where it's like research development, this and that. Uh, we could go in-depth in on the, the economics of the whole deal, too. I just don't think that the athletic department itself puts enough of focus on these smaller sports and whether or not they win. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think they are. They would love a Frozen Four every now and then in hockey. And, they, and Michigan State hockey's been this and that the, here and there. And a lot of the programs around the school have. But I think baseball, as you said, has been kind of one that's been – it's been more infrequent, the, these trips to whether it's, I mean, when's the last time they were in Omaha? <laughs> Long, we weren't uh, born yet. We, we, the, the, the research department is, is hammering away there. So I, at this point, I, maybe it's just something we'll have to revisit later in the season, but I just want to get your guys' like, initial takes on, on, on like whether or not this season is like, a mu- you, get, you get either turn around or you're gone. I don't. I don't know that it is. Well, I'll quickly add this. He is getting players to the next level. He's getting guys drafted. He's getting guys to the pros. So that's that's one and, thing on his resume. Is is that the mark of a good coach in that situation? Then is it just a matter of well, he can he can identify top level guys and work with top level guys and get those guys to the pros. It's just a matter of finding a whole nine guys that can play well at the same time. Well, maybe, think, maybe, that's, maybe that's the fact of the matter. Well, I think it means all of it. I think it means that he can find talent and, and also he can develop talent and guys want to play for him too. These these guys that are going to the next level, whether they're developed or they came in ready for the pros, they're, or, go, they're coming or, here. Or as ready for the pros as, as a guy can be. Sure, right. So uh, it, it's tough. Um, I, think, you know, I, like think I, said, I think it's, I think it's a situation. Uh, Debate we'll have a little bit later, maybe once once we get some. But it's just so tough when you when you get these these streaks like this, and then you got to wait a whole another week to talk about it again. Like, do we do you do you just do something about it every single? Well, week? Well, we might and, talk about the same situation next week because he might still be sitting on his, you know, waiting to get his three hundredth career MSU win. So, right. right. So yeah. <laughs> exactly, it's it's what it's just. It'll be as relevant. I don't know. You know. What, do you think it's just something we table and we just? I don't know if we, we want to keep coming back to it every week though. Uh, I'd I'd table it a little longer. Right. I mean, re- revisit it next week after after they play maybe a good Rutgers. We talk team. about it in this spot each month, <laughs> but I guess maybe we'd only get to it one more time before yeah. the end of the year. Uh, either way, so that that's kind of an out of place discussion. Very quickly, uh, mixed with some talk. Let's go back in time to to last Wednesday. Well, well, Noah, you were there, Central Michigan. This was not a game where Michigan State shot themselves in the foot with errors. This was not a game where they couldn't buy a hit. It was just kind of a game that they lost, which kind of concerns me because they didn't lose it in one of the ways they usually lose it. Uh, well, like they, they kind of shot themselves in the foot in the way um, with the amount of free passes to first base, which has kind of been a problem with them all year. Um, but I'll start off, I mean, Andrew Gonzalez got his first start of the year. And looked I, and looked better than he looked, has, I think, in in any of his time in the past, maybe year. Yeah, looked good. I mean, five no hit innings. Um, did give up a run. Uh, but the the point I want to touch on is the control was was an issue for him all game long. He walked seven batters, uh, which is a lot in in five innings. And as a team, is, 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 that, is that is that funny to you that he walked? I, is is that, I, I'm gonna call you out here. Is that is you're laughing in the middle of it? Is that? I don't want to. It's just. Well, you almost have to try it's to do shocking. that. Shocking. Like, you almost have yeah, to try. To do that. Yeah, seven walks in five innings is is a problem, and that only leads to one run. Well, how did so that run came about? Well, he didn't obviously walk the bases loaded and then let another one. Um, he walked. I believe it was three batters in the uh, top of the sixth. Or yeah, in the sixth inning, and then uh, Jesse Heikinen came on. 
I believe. And, and they just charged the run to him because yeah. he yeah, gave up a hit. Okay. So that's one side of it. But then the the hitting seemed okay. Well, I mean, the final was it was five to three, three to one, three to so, one. So the bat's um, not quite there, but well, they you know nine hits and they left ten runners on base and they uh, they got I mean they out hit CMU nine to two and still lost three to one. So I think that's just a lack of uh, they're not they're not scoring they're not advancing their base runners and I think it's a huge problem. And that's something that carried on over into this Michigan series. I I'd say I mean. You put up a, t- a combined four runs in a weekend, where uh, you got you got you got your butt handed to you by Michigan, and you guys were both there for Friday, uh, twelve to three. We'll start with that one. Uh, McCauley gets shelled. It's it's I don't. It's tough for me to like go off on the bullpen because some of these guys in the bullpen are doing all right for long stretches, and then they'll have a game or two where it gets away from them. Yeah, and, and Coach Boss, there's a reason he left um, Ethan Landon in the game on Saturday, but we'll get to that. Um, there's so many mistakes that this MSU team makes, both offensively, defensively, that don't show up in the you know on the scoreboard. You know, you can track errors, which is defensive errors, and some of them don't count as errors. Some of them, mental mistakes. Um, you know, just very lazy. Baseball, you know, Bryce Kelly misplayed, I think, two balls um, this weekend in left field, which he's almost as sure-handed as, as you can get out there. So I think, actually, I think only one of them was, was you know, counted as an actual error. So just so many mistakes. And it's and it's tough to keep track of, too, because usually the people making that decision on error versus not error are, are SIDs, mm-hmm. and they're not, you know, official scorekeepers for the NCAA or anything like that. So... I mean, I, I I've I've been known to to take issue with Zach Fisher's uh handling of 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 hit versus error. No, I I, I kid if he's if he's somehow listening to this podcast right now. Yeah, but just just an overview. I mean, it was very you know there, there's so many the scores are misleading. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to mislead a twelve to three, eleven nothing, you know, eleven nothing games. But there was so many mistakes throughout these you know throughout the whole weekend that. That allowed so many runs. Do you think it's energy related? Do you think it's a matter of? I'll go if, focus. If, if, I think if, it's yeah, focus, focus related. Yeah. So I mean, those two kind of things can be kind of hand in hand. It, it that would, it strikes me as though, like you know, as Ryan was saying earlier, and then you know, you stretch it throughout this whole weekend. I mean, when you're a losing streak like that, you don't want to come and come to the ballpark. It's just, or you, or you almost, I wouldn't say you dread it, but it's, it's like, okay, here we go again. How, how can things go wrong today? versus how can we get this dub today? Well, I'm sure it's the same attitude you have when you walk into work. I mean, that's what it is right now. It's work. You know, it's three, four hours. It's, it's of not their... playing baseball, then. No, it's, right. it's, it's probably, it's, I would say it's work right now because it, it's not fun losing. It's not fun getting blown out by your rival. It's not fun getting swept. So th- those are things that you kind of have to put yourself through, and it's more work than it is fun. Uh, you go into su- Saturday then. Uh, I mean, there's. I mean, unless you have anything more to say about Friday, I I don't. I it's I have, just. I have nothing else to say. About. Th- this is a solid Michigan team. I think this yeah. is this is one where their record early on may not have might not have matched where they were playing. I mean, there's only so much we can tell from from looking at box scores and records, but they they have always been a team that has been top half of the Big Ten can challenge for, you know second or third spot and can look at possibly getting into the NCAA tournament. So I, I, maybe it's just a slow start to them record-wise for the season. Yeah, I do like Michigan. You're watching them three games this weekend. Not only, you know, do they have energy, their defense is solid. There's, you know, of course, I'm a, I'm a homer, some Chicagoland guys on that team that I played against. So Seems like a decent amount of pop, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. At the top of the lineup. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jonathan Engelman went yard. Twice. Three times, twice, twice or two in the in the Friday game. I don't yeah, know once on Sunday. Okay. So a lot of pop, good defense, and just energy, like we said. Uh, so then you move into Saturday. This is this is the one where I think we can maybe like micromanage the details a little bit. Uh, the scoreless through seven or scoreless at least through six and a half. You get into the bottom half. Uh, can't remember who dropped the sacrifice, but MSU goes ahead after. They relieved their starter, who their left-hand starter. What was it? the name? The name doesn't hit me right now. Taransky. No, no, Michigan, Michigan starter. Uh, Tommy Henry. 
no, no, no. It was it was a guy with like a, a Dragani. Dragani, yes, yeah, Dragani, who who was pitching well to that point, but yeah. then uh, ended up letting. If it was a stolen base attempt where the catcher overthrew into, into center field, which I think I've only ever seen on a steal attempt this year in the second base. It's weird. Uh, so yeah, I think it was Bryce Kelly maybe on third base or someone at the top of the lineup like that. It was it was someone like Bryce Kelly. So they drop the sacrifice. He scores there. They it was the first pitch off the reliever, and so you have a one nothing lead, and then it all just kind of falls apart for back for lack of a better term. I mean, was it one run in the eighth, two in the ninth, something like that? It was three in the ninth. Three in the ninth. So three in the ninth, and that was all on Tyranski. That was yeah. And who has been as as we had mentioned, otherwise okay for a long stretch of the year. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I keep going back to these errors, you know, the, the kind of mental mistakes, I should say. Um, and there was a bunt, you know, suicide squeeze that was laid down by Michigan, and two guys scored. And, you know, Turk and, editing my recap. You know, yeah, and you don't. And, and the thing is, we didn't quite know how to how to phrase it. But from from what I can, I, this is only a guess because I didn't I didn't watch this. One can only guess that it took them such by surprise when they were making that throw to first. I presume were they throwing the first on the play? Mm-hmm. So was it was it Tyranski or was it the yep. catcher? Okay, Tyranski. so Tyranski's throwing the first. One can only guess that he was so lackadaisical, and then McGuire catching the ball at first base was also not paying enough attention. A runner from second runs right behind the guy on third and also scores. I like yeah. I, if I'm boss, I've got to be as pissed about that as I was about losing the the way they lost those games to Niagara, where it's just mental mistakes. And their defense is taking themselves out, has are taking them out of games. Well, before and we can we can you know blame Taransky for that that kind of mental error and, and McGuire. Well, I don't even it's a mental error to throw to first on that play. No, 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 that was that was definitely the right decision. Right. I mean, the run was going to score. That first one was going to score regardless. Um, but Blake Nelson had a huge lead off of second base, which allowed him to score, you know, so easily. Which he, he was the second runner. He had such a huge lead. That middle infield has to be calling for Tyranski to step off. That catcher has to see it. I mean, he's he has a perfect view to second base. Tyranski has his back turned. So it can even start there with Nelson getting a huge lead and no one telling him to step off, no one telling him that, hey, you know, hey, or not this even, runner has a huge lead. Not even step off, just, like, be aware of, hey, this guy might end up going home. Mm-hmm. I, it's just, like, those kind of mental mistakes. I mean, maybe it's just a matter of, a lot of these guys, well, okay, not not McGuire, but a lot of these younger guys, maybe they get locked in in a game at home against Michigan, maybe get you know a little bit of tunnel vision type deal. It's just a theory, but there there's something to be said. A lot of these guys, it seems though in in key moments of the games where defense matters the most is when they're making these mental mistakes, making these errors. I mean, think about Ando against Niagara making the drop on the on the double play ball. King throwing it about seventeen rows up into the yeah. stands. Right. So in in these in these big big plays where some of these are routine, and and the mental, I don't know if it's a block or whatever, but it just seems as though they can't make the simple plays in these in these tight moments. Yeah, there's definitely more. You know, there's there they are routine plays. A lot of them are, but there's other layers. You know, I just brought up the example of Nelson getting that huge lead. There's other layers to to these errors that are happening, but it's 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 got to be frustrating because these are games that they've had leads in, multiple games that they've had leads that they've let slip away. I mean, you look at, I mean, the, the stats kind of tell the story on Tyranski too because he's, he's let up eight runs this year, but only two of them have been earned. And I think the way it works is anything where an, an error would have made a third out, all those other runs after don't get charged. So you can think of maybe a couple of those end up as, Okay, well, you should have been out of an inning, but then your guys make an error, and all of a sudden you're on the hook for three or four more runs. You lose a game because of that. Yeah, he's had some tough luck. I mean, you know, we see those, you know, Taransky runs given up, but you know, you're right. Only a few of them, a couple of them, have been earn, um, earned runs. And he's he was out there for the Niagara game. He was out there for the Michigan game. So it's just a lot of bad luck. And and you know, we can now probably get into um, Ethan Landon. Going out there for the ninth inning, and Boss said that you know that loss was on him. He could have put his his players in a better position to 
to win that ball game. And since the bullpen has been struggling, or at least maybe since the you know the defense has been struggling with the bullpen, you know, working, he decided to let Landon go, and that's where things started to fall apart. Even then, it's just like I mean, even regardless of where he's at, I mean, Landon put in a solid performance. There, there's, there's always a chance of second guess. I mean, I'm I'm usually in favor of do whatever the do whatever the metrics tell you, and I I obviously it's probably his third or fourth time to the order at that point. I mean, we college it's a little bit different maybe, but I mean you can look at the pros. I mean, they'll take guys out after two times to the order, and just in terms of of making sure that you get into your bullpen and allow them a chance to to get these hitters out where maybe a hitter picks up on an adjustment later on in the game. I, I don't want to say that, you know, I don't want to act like I know everything, but I did tell our, you know, fellow classmate, Kara Keating, who was covering the game, I saw some action in the bullpen, and I said, hey, I would probably take Landon out right now after he walked a hitter. They didn't, and that's when they started getting into trouble. So it's, you know, boss knew it after the game, too. He probably should have taken him out. So it was almost obvious that he should have made a move there. And, you know, even, even I could tell from, you know, couple hundred feet maybe 150 feet away that that's the move that needed to be made and it, and it wasn't made it, it, it's just like maybe it's just like all the bad luck is coming at once for this team when it when it comes to between the errors maybe if it bounces here and there going the wrong way it hasn't been too many times where the ball is bouncing their way and that's pretty obvious here against Michigan when you lose that game three to one on Saturday you got to go back to Ann Arbor and they get trounced 11 nothing there and it's just at that point it's probably piling on this and that you know mood of the team not high you had mentioned guys that weren't performing and so let's let's kind of quickly take a look at these guys who aren't hitting so I think number one is in terms of like most important not hitting to me uh Marty Bikina at 187 has been hasn't even been getting on base he's 256 on base only has six walks and uh, maybe 80 plate appearances. It, these guys maybe just pressing at this point, uh, looking looking to get on base any way they can. Not 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 thinking about you know taking walks as often. Uh, the team as a to- as a whole has walked 76 times. They've allowed 92. So uh, make of that what you will. It just it just feels to me at this point where I I don't know whether this team can actually hit the ball. You know, you, you look at you go up against game teams like Niagara, sure that's Niagara, but can you really hit in Big 10 play? It through 3 games the answer has been an, a resounding no. I mean, they were they were getting double digits in base runners for most of the time, but I mean, you look at they were stranded uh 9 left on base against CM or 10 left on base against CMU. Uh they had 5 more the next day or on Friday against Michigan. They had 10 uh, more on Saturday, and they had 13 left on base on Sunday. And so, and that, that's a lot of runners so, left so, on yeah, base. Yeah, so tell me your, tell so, me your uh, run, average with runners in scoring position. I mean, it's, it's got to be It's terribly low, low and I, it makes you wonder why they're not doing things like, you know, like trying to bunt them over, you know, put the ball in play and stuff. Well, they, to, I mean, that created their one run of, of yeah, Saturday. Yeah, but, I mean, still, they had one, they, one attempt was... It, and you look at just double digits on average left or left on base. I think that's just just lack of energy, lack of being able to move your your guys up into scoring position. What you said, Turk, uh, pressing. I think that's a pretty accurate way of describing this. Bikina swinging through a lot of pitches, and you know yesterday had a pinch hit appearance, was swinging at a lot of stuff out of the zone. I mean that's that's when you know you know as good of a hitter as Bikina is. We saw that last year. When he's swinging at pitches outside of the zone, which he doesn't usually do, he's not locked in, and and I I do like that that pressing work because that's that's the way I would describe it too. Ross Kelly's at one seventy one. He's been three walks in his thirty eight plate appearances. He's been getting fewer and fewer opportunities. I think at the DH spot, McGuire has been hitting all right. I think he's coming back into form. He's at two sixty seven now. Remember, he started off way lower than that. And the other guy, Dan Chmielewski, dropped down. He was hitting around 300 just a couple of weeks ago, now back down to 257. I mean, these are guys who are pretty solid at making, I mean, Chmielewski especially has been a pretty solid contact guy while he's been here. All of a sudden, 
uh, looking like somebody who, I mean, maybe it's just a matter of the, the rest of the team's struggles rubbing off on him because he's one of these guys that can't buy a base hit, too. I think the best thing about Shumilewski is he's getting, you know, a ton of opportunities, and he will hit. And But but at the same time, there's not really m- many other guys that you can insert in his spot when he's not performing. Right. I mean, Anton Trish has been... He's he's stuck now at that 297 rate, so he's been hitting well. Uh, I mean, Danny Gleaves is still stuck at 175. Hasn't really found a chance to get himself... Splitting time. Split, I mean, platoon rolls. These guys... It's it's really tough when you just look at the faces and you say, well, okay, Antonio has been hitting, but you didn't really expect that from him. He's he's your center fielder right now, and then you look around the diamond and you're getting your hitting from your middle infielders, and that's fine, but you're not getting any power. I mean, Ando's not a power guy. Iverson's not exactly a power guy. Uh, Ryan King definitely not a power guy. Hate to say it to uh to your to your buddy Ryan there, but no, he's not. I mean, he's never has been. So. I don't know. I mean, McGuire is, has started to hit a little bit, but this team is going to need to find some. I mean, if you're not going to put a, if you're not going to, if you're going to leave 13 guys on base, you might as well just start to hit everything out and hope that maybe something will stick. Because, I, I mean, obviously the balls are are not as highly juiced as they are in the majors right now, but it is it is looking a lot like. The team that'll string together two or three singles, and then when when you have guys in running scoring position, when you guys have guys on first, uh, not looking like a team that can get the extra base hit it needs to score a run. And Noah actually brought up a good point about bunting. I mean, it seems so simple, and it seems like you know you can't bunt every at bat, but at the same time, these guys are you know if they get on. They'll steal bases. I mean, King a speedster, you know, and Tone's like a, a speedster. These guys are quick. Where well, if they get on base, they can make something happen. Something that uh, Impactor Andy Schmura brought up on his Big Ten Student New broadcast one one about five thousand too many times. If you're listening, Andy, you you brought up the fact that Michigan State leads the conference in stolen bases. Well, that's great, but you can't steal home. You you, I mean, you can, but. Obviously, there there are significant barriers to stealing home. At this point, what do you have to lose? It it, it might be one of those situations. You you <laughs> you're laughing about it, but shoot, this team can't this team can't hit. It's leaving runners on base. I don't know if I don't know how many like mental errors you can make on offense. It seems like they know how to take the extra base well enough. They can steal. They can move guys around the base pass, but that last ninety feet is the problem. I I don't know I don't know where they go with that. So I guess that that's that's the one thing we have to track while they go to uh, while they stay at home this weekend against Western, uh, next week against Eastern going forward. But as we end this this uh, is pretty tough month of March. I mean, we said they had to get through this and then see where they're at. This has been probably the toughest stretch of schedule they have so far. But then you're only getting into Big Ten play. I I don't know. So that that's kind of that on the hitting side of it. Uh, the pitching has been solid ish. I mean, outside of Erla getting shelled for the first time this year, I was so excited to see Erla. I mean, that's some <laughs> that's somebody we were talking about for weeks, and we hyped him up, and then uh, the curse of Tino strikes or something. It's, uh, it's that's 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 a tough one for you. I can only imagine. Yeah, and then tough for Ethan Landon too. I mean, zero and four. He's he hasn't pitched poorly whatsoever. No, two fifty two. Uh, his holding guys to two thirty six on base against or batting average against. Uh, four, 40 strikeouts to 10 walks. That's, that's not too bad. Uh, 40 strikeouts in 39 in the third innings. Only 35 hits in that same time span. Shoot, some of these guys are pitching their tails off. I mean, once once you get to a couple of the guys in the bullpen, uh, it's some things are blowing up on them. Uh, Caleb Sleeman, that might have been last week where Caleb Sleeman got, kind of got hit hard, but... Uh, Friday too. I mean, Friday. He, it's he it's another thing. Some runs. Who, and then who was the main culprit on Sunday? Uh, it Erla. was Erla, basically. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, he let up six. They let up eleven total. I, I, that I, Sunday's performance. It's it's one of those things that I think that you go through as a baseball team over the course of a year where you 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 lose a couple games in a row and then it all just culminates in something. And I think. I think maybe this is your low point right here of the entire season, and from here it's—I mean, surely can only go up. 
You would think uh, so. I, you you, you would, you'd think so. You would think so. And I think Boss would think so too. I mean, he continues to talk highly of his guys, and and he keeps you know he's saying you know they're one hit away, you know, a couple hits away, big knock away from really breaking through and and probably breaking some of these struggles. So it'll be interesting to see when they do get a big hit, when they do get a close win, maybe a walk off win, since they have a lot of games in East Lansing. It'll be it'll be you know interesting to see if they respond. Um, if this team comes, if this team comes alive, it 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 just feels like this is, this is a tough, tough stretch we're gonna go to, and you don't really quite know when this next you know hit is gonna come, when this next bit of solid play. Like I mean, have they really struggled together an entire game's worth of of solid play all year, other than that first game against Niagara? Well, the first half of you know the road non-conference, I, you know they were losing games, but. There were some close games and against some good programs. So I, I, you know, too bad we couldn't see those games live. Should should have got should have got some money in the budget to go to Minneapolis. Yeah, who's so running this great. impact uh, hey, organization? Darn, darn, we only all we only did was send send you to Ann Arbor for a couple of games. Did you, guys eat, did you guys eat anything while you were over in Ann Arbor? You know, we had some uh, kind of bla- like Blaze Pizza. Ideology. Yeah. Ideology. Oh my! So you guys did? So you guys went to freaking Chain in Ann Arbor? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Hey, Noah's the Ann Arbor expert. He showed me the ways. I guess you are kind of technically an expert. I mean, you were an Eastern guy, Ipsy. Yeah, yeah, area. So then, I still don't, you guys didn't even go to Blimpy or anything. Damn. Wow. <laughs> All right. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's weighing on my psyche here. All right. So that, that's, that's Michigan. That's, uh, that's phase number one of the, what it seems like a six phase, six phase plan of, uh, playing in Michigan over this next month or so. And then you and then you go up against a team where Western Michigan is hovering around 500, which is more than you can say about the uh, the good old boys in green and white. And Western just lost a close game to Michigan last week, and then they went out and won two one of three against Toledo in a MAC game at home. It is looking dicey again. Whether or not Michigan State can uh, go and pull something off. Yeah, I mean, Coach Boss and and, and uh, the uh, Western head coach are, are good friends, so it's always a good matchup between uh, these Billy Gurnan. Yeah, Billy, Billy Gurnan. Yeah, they know each other quite well. So remember last year, uh, Boss said that he wishes they go fifty four and two every year. So oh, hell, a little college <laughs> baseball. Oh, the humor! Oh my goodness! <laughs> That's about all you're gonna get out of Coach Boss. Uh, well, so, okay, right well, when when they lose, yeah, yeah. when yeah. they lose, right? Mm-hmm. When, when I have yet to when, see him on a win. When 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 they win, <laughs> I'm owing for it. Oh Jesus <laughs> Christ! Uh, oh no, that is that is so. A it'll, it'll be you know yeah, these are games that it will only send Tino to these games because Tino gets, seems to get a winner every now and then. Maybe, maybe. I'd rather be lucky than good. So yeah, these these are games that uh, you know. Coach Boss obviously doesn't mind playing. I mean, they're close, they're local, and he schedules them no, twice a year. I, so. I always remember him going back. This was maybe either last year or two years ago. He made he made a big point of you've got to win in your state. You've got to win in your directional games. You've got to beat Michigan. And so far, uh, when looking in the uh, win loss column, when you go to uh, NC's Michigan schools, I see a big offer in the win column. So say what you want. One one of these next four games before the next time we talk to you folks, Michigan State better have won a darn game, because otherwise, it's gonna this podcast this week is gonna sound a whole lot like the podcast next week, and then none of y'all are gonna listen to the podcast next week as a result. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they can string some wins together. So I mean, I, I'm not I'm not expecting much. You know, I'm expecting some. <laughs> oh, oh, that's I'm great. I'm expecting some some good some good. See the thing maybe is, not some good baseball. The, res- the response is what you need. I don't. We it's tougher with baseball because there's so many guys on a on a roster. You don't know who your rah rah guys are per se. But I'm I'm sure some of these these more senior guys. Like I feel like Marty's a obviously never having spoken to him more than once or twice in my life. It's has got to be at the point where he he's gonna say enough is enough. It's gonna start with him. He's not performing right now statistically speaking. But at some point, one or two of these guys that are older is going to have to say, all right, guys, let's get our butts in gear. Let's get a win or two and let's calm down. Let's move forward the season. 
I would even say the starting pitchers would would say something like that too because Earl you know, is a young guy. McCauley is well, a young guy. McCauley Jr., Landon Sr., you need run support. You need, you can't go out there and do your job without runs, without worrying, you know, if I give up one run, that's the game. You can't keep doing who, that. Who starts Wednesday? You think Gonzalez again? I think it'll probably be probably Gonzalez. Gonzalez. I I mean, if you mitigate your control issues there, five innings and no hit ball, not too bad. Not too bad. I mean, yeah, that last week I'm uh, still lost. Okay, but was I mean how many how many of those runs were on him? No. At, at some point, at some point, once <laughs> yeah, exactly. We we can only look so hard. I mean, at some point, you look and you see, all right, next guy in the bullpen's up, Heikinen's. I mean, he probably let, I think he let in two two of runs. Those. Yeah. So these bullpen games are going to be a, a, a nice little measuring stick for. These younger guys in the bullpen, these the Sleemans, the Ben Shotters, the those types of guys, and then you go from there. All right, let's see what we got coming up because, like I've said, uh, Tyrancy's been fine, Machma's been all right. Uh, some of these guys have been putting them in positions where, if they're ahead late in the game, they might actually get a W. The thing is, they haven't been ahead late in the game. I think I think that's my my take on that. So then, moving into the weekend series with Rutgers, a a sneaky good team according to according to Noah. Yeah. Uh, they have they've hold on hold on hold right, on right. hold hold on. They've they took one of three against Miami, uh, to start off their year. Lost a close one to Indiana. Uh, have been up and down. Uh, they've won. They've swept Army. They've uh, they've won two or three against Gulf Coast. Uh, they just got off a weekend series at home where they took two of three from Penn State, and then they play Princeton on the Wednesday before heading over to East Lansing. You skipped over Dunk City, Florida Gulf Coast. I ta- I, he's got to do a better job listening. I said Gulf Coast. He did, long, he did say Gulf Coast. It's been, it's been a long, long day for you. Been a long week for the record. Yeah. yeah. We're going. We're, we're going through a lot as MSU students. Is that what you're gonna? Is that, <laughs> is that what you're gonna give me? <laughs> a little ode to LA Dickerson there. Love, to, love we, to hear it. We've been through a lot, but you know, it's these games will be on BTM Plus for those of you who are who are interested in, in seeing this team up close and, and and on air. Uh, so Rutgers is all right, which means Michigan State better bring their bring better bring their quote unquote A game to the park. Yeah, I. Yeah, thank, thank you, thank you for agreeing with me so much on that. Yeah, no, I mean, again, like I just, I just don't think the wins are gonna be. They're not any easier. They're not gonna come any easier than they did against Michigan. And I think this is still, or, or at least maybe these directional schools. I, I think that's, I think that's where you got to make your hay at this point. You've, you've got to use these midweek games as, as confidence builders. Say you don't go out and you win one of three against Michigan, that's okay because you still went five hundred for the week. Does that, does that make any sense? Yeah, and they should be confidence builders, but you look at the confidence builders that were built into the schedule already, like Niagara, they couldn't get it done there. So, Okay, they couldn't get it done. I think we, I th- I think we both make a, a little bit too much and then not enough of that series because it was our first one here. But they, they go two, two of four there. I, I don't know if that's necessarily a, a harbinger of, of, of bad things to come for this, this team. I think... Well, you know how I stand on it, right? I mean, I, it's, well, we, I think we can beg to differ on on the outlook of that, but right? No, I I still think it's I think it's not a good sign. I just think that it's not the the end all be all of a season when you when you do that. I mean, it's it's one game, and that those two games that they lost were coin flips. And I mean, I don't I hate to, I hesitate to call Saturday a coin flip because that's just boss making a decision that didn't turn out the right way. And I don't blame him, you know. I mean, like we said, bullpen struggling. Landon was pitching very well going into that ninth inning, so I don't blame the move. I mean, and say what you want, but they're technically no one one run losses in this stretch. Just a pair, a pair of two run losses. Is that the upside, Noah? No, I mean, one yeah, run maybe, losses. Maybe, maybe, that, mean... maybe that's the saving grace <laughs> this team is. Dang, and they haven't been losing these one run games anymore. Damn, it's it's just so tough. I I. I think they're in a tough stretch right now. I think we look in two weeks and they're eight and twenty something. I think I think we revisit that boss discussion a little bit more heavily. I think that's just that's just my take on it. Yeah, I agree. 
Any other thoughts and opinions heading into... Uh, you guys didn't go anywhere in Ann Arbor. Did you guys find the place all right? That you guys didn't have to pay for any parking or anything like that? No, but I almost oh. locked my keys in my car on Sunday. Oh. Do, um, I think we have time for that. So you, so you, you thought you did. I, you know, I, for, I just got this car. It was my mom's old car, and, and I have a bad habit of, for some reason now, I just kind of leave the keys in the ignition, and I get out of the car, and I close the door. See, I don't understand that one bit. And it's been a long I don't know. How, how do you develop that? We've been, through, we've been through a lot. <laughs> All right. You, you can't use that as a crutch. <laughs> you can't use that as a crutch. Anyway, look out for Jawan Harris this weekend, Nick Matera, and John O'Reilly. Those are uh, your Rutgers guys? Three preseason honors, uh, Big Ten honors. So, Scarlet Knights, good team. And uh, Michigan State, hey, we'll I, need so, to. Uh, so, are we, are we hoping, like, one of four? Yeah. Is, I mean, even if it, even even though it's at home, one of four, like is that is that their baseline now? I think it's. I think yeah. you, I think you got to start somewhere. Yeah. I think if they don't get swept by Rutgers, I think it'll be. That's a win. Yeah. I think that's, accomplishment. I, I think that's a win. You need you need your first Big Ten win at some point. Yes. I think. I think you start zero and six there. I don't think they're making the tournament. I think I think put it that put it as simple as that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't see any objections to that. Yeah, I agree. Like, all right. That was a that was a tough forty something minutes to get through, but we're hope hopefully you listened all the way through to our uh, riveting as always MLB, MLB MSU baseball discussion. You have to scrub that one out. So if you're hearing this in the edit, congratulations! I, I got lazy and didn't edit this all the way through. You can find us on various social media platforms uh, at WDBM underscore Sports is the is the is the flagship the the mother station. I might be doing some play by play on Saturday. Unofficially, not for impact, unfortunately. Uh, but so, some some big news coming up from from impact in the future, uh, that is being kept under wraps. For, no, for no teaser part. for us. We don't get a teaser. Give the listeners a teaser. I can't Derek. even. I can't even tease the people that are volunteering here. That's how. That's how Ooh. secret it is. It's 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 Plan Z. If you go back to the SpongeBob movie, it's 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 Plankton's Plan Z. It's not. It's not evil. It's not evil. But it's just. I think he has the it's formula. Some, it, it are some things in the. Uh, if I had the formula. <laughs> I'd be using it to get this team W's. I wouldn't be using it to get the Krabby Patty out. I'd be using it to get this team closer to 500. At KyleTurk5, at Abarka04, at NoahG423. We will catch you guys next week. Hopefully you're listening all the way through. If you are one of the four or five people that are, we appreciate your, your use of your ears for this. Uh, Ryan Rabinowitz was, uh, was a temporary stand-in. Glad to have him around. But we will talk to you guys at the end of Rutgers weekend. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. You've been listening to the Lone Show.